exercise. Welcome to Tell Me About Your Father's Daddy Issues, where we discuss the people, places, and things in recent current events and pop culture that do or do not have dad energy. I'm Elizabeth Thompson. I'm Matthew Philp. And I'm Erin Hosier. Daddy Issues is our Patreon bonus show of Tell Me About Your Father. Every other week, we discuss who or what in recent pop culture and current events were or weren't our dads. We'll be putting the first few episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for free. And then after that, head to patreon.com slash tellmeaboutyourfather to access new episodes and fun bonuses for as little as three doll hairs a month. Hot. That's three doll hairs. Doll hairs. Do you ever see that Andy Warhol video of Candy Darling where she's like talking about getting her hair done and she's like, ugh, this hair cost me ten dollars. Ten doll hairs. Can you believe that? I'll kill that Queen Andre. Yes. It's so good. How's everybody doing? I'm minutes from disassembling this the sound studio that we built for this podcast in my apartment as I move on Saturday, and I'm going to be oh, power sawing through this hundred year old couch that I'm currently sitting on. That is wild. Because I can't get it out of my apartment otherwise. That's me. Me is pass. Pass. What do you pass? That wasn't an option. <laughs> I mean, you passed away. Yeah, I passed away last night when um, my cat, who I named after my best friend Busy. Ah! I screamed at her, you're not worthy of your namesake, (laughs) when she woke me up at 5 a.m. and I tried to push her off me, and I guess I pushed her a little hard, and it forced her to kick back her paw and scratch my eye lid in three places. She didn't do it on purpose, but 5 a.m. is the wrong hour to wake me for anything, (sighs) even if there's an orgasm at the other side. It's my crankiest moment, and if I get cat scratch fever, I'm just going to be really pissed, okay? Busy, how about you? Being scratched by cats, even cats that are named after me, is horrible. (laughs) It's so bad. My cat, whose name is Huxtable, unfortunately, but I call her Huxie. Huxtable is the best name for a cat. Well, not given what's happened in the past 10 years, but... (laughs) Um, she was named pre-Cosby Fallout. Claire, come and, on. Uh, or Rudy or yeah. Vanessa or Sandra. We don't know. Denise. 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 We call her Huxy for short. But yes, Huxy has scratched me in the past and it's bitten me badly and it's not fun. And yeah. then I always envision that I'm going to have to have something amputated. Thing because I know, because if you Google it, it's like cat scratch fever could kill you dead yep i just want to say too that i'm sitting next to a thing of carnations and that they're my favorite flower you're so normcore i'm going on the record to say this they're durable they're sturdy i've had these for two weeks had to prune a few they're fine yep they last and they're sweet and people who don't agree are idiots like Carrie Bradshaw. They're the people's flower. They're the flower of canned milk, let's be fair. <laughs> no, it's like royal times or at least England or something. No, it's not. Remember, they used to call them pinks. Pinks. Oh. A carnation was called a pink, no matter what color it is. Honestly, Aaron, I do remember that. From my years in the Victorian tea circuit, I do remember that. Yes, you do. I learned that from you. All right. Well, guys, let's move on from this foolery. Let's talk about dads this week and who our dads are and aren't. We're going to start off with who they are not first. We're talking about who or what has recently been infuriating, tragic, cruel, or just a massive disappointment. (laughs) 
Perfect. I'll start. Uh, Kellyanne Conway is not my dad this week. She's not my father. She's not the boss of me. And she's not the boss of her daughter, Claudia, or any of her other four children. She has five fucking kids. She has five children? What? I had no idea. I had no I idea either. The reason why she has five kids, you guys, is because she is, wait for it, pro-life. Hmm. I'm going to play a little intro to prove it. I am Kellyanne Conway. I am a wife, a mother, a Catholic. Biggest round of applause there. Wow! Counselor to the President of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And yes, I am pro-life. Cool. Is she, though? So you guys might have heard of this. It has Twitter aflame. Uh, Claudia Conway, who's all of 16 years old now, has been tweeting, Instagramming, doing all the things the kids do about hating President Trump, basically calling out her own mother and father to some extent, her mother Moore, who is the advisor to the ex-president and who argues constantly with her own husband, Claudia's father, George, who then tweets in public, calling the president a a narcissist and all of these things. I can't stand George Conway. It's a very dysfunctional household. It's it's a business model, though. This is the James Carville, Mary Madeline business model of the of the Clinton era. They're politically opposed wife and husband, and they kind of go against each other. And... But they're not politically opposed. They're both Republican. But it's of that ilk, Matt. It's the, that's, that's the tension. That's what you're meant to be marveling at, and that's what keeps people looking at their relationship. Right. How do they stay yeah. married? Right. But this is like the hellscape version of that. Mm. But caught in the middle is Claudia who at first it was just like, oh, she's declaring that she is not a Republican like her parents. She has a mind of her own. But then the video releases started to get really scary because she would be recording Kellyanne saying really abusive things behind closed doors. Recently, she released a video that was a compilation of Kellyanne screaming at her. So I'll play a little of that. You only knew what people thought of you. You don't know. They knew you got other problems. Take you, by the way. The only place that'll take you that you weren't going to post about your family anymore. You just lie to everyone, and everybody sees it. Everyone sees it. A grateful bitch. And since you're lucky, your mom's pro life. Fuck you! I thought it was over. It's over. I thought we had who's following you, dumbass. It's it's completely emotionally abusive and. In the clips, you can see the actual Kellyanne, like her horrible straw, blonde hair, like coming into the frame because she's getting into her daughter's face. So just two days ago, CPS got involved. The cops were called to their New Jersey McMansion to investigate the charge that Kellyanne Conway's Twitter account posted a fleet, which is like an Instagram story, like a video that quickly disappears, or it did disappear, but it was a topless photo of her daughter, who again is 16, 
I sort of get the feeling that it was a selfie that her daughter had taken and then she found it on her phone and then either posted it herself accidentally and took it down or Claudia herself saw that it was on her mother's phone, posted it from her mother's phone as a cry for help, then immediately took it down because the cops did come. And then later she had to explain, she had to like say she was Mm. sorry and that her, her mother's account was obviously hacked because her father, George, who was a major lawyer, asked her to tweet such a statement. I don't know. The whole thing is a cry for help. And here is a bit of a clip from Claudia about the aftermath. CBS basically had to interview my whole family and they didn't do shit. Pierre um, from Child Protective Mm. Services, if you're watching this, you failed me. Fucking Pierre. Fucking Pierre. (laughs) You know I wanted to play that specific (laughs) clip because she calls out Pierre from CPS. New Jersey, if the best you can do is Pierre from Social Services, Child Protective Services. I don't know what to tell you. It's not funny. I know it's not funny. You really think Um, that she went on and posted it to her mom's phone, her own topless photo, as a way to get CPS there? I do. Some of the captions on these videos that she puts out say things like, I don't know if this will help, but if you go to the ER and tell them basically that you want to hurt yourself, they will have to put you on a 72-hour hold and you will be safe. So that's a trick that she's already tried to get away from George and Kelly Adams. Yeah, she has. And I think she's said she tries to get help. She asks for help from social services or trusted adults, anyone she can. But because her parents are so wealthy and powerful, when your dad is literally a lawyer, it's essentially like you can't be abused because no one will ever find out but you know rich people do get abused too of course you know rich kids of course they do and it's even more common for rich families to be like look the other way don't talk about it that's how rich people talk yeah they have that one specific accent (laughs) that's not how kellyanne talks right matt how does she talk she talk she doesn't say ing at the end of words she goes in because i remember when claudia put up a a video of when kellyanne had covid and kellyanne kept on saying the phrase you're talking about fucking covid about fucking covid and for some reason that just stuck in my head i don't know why but i've had this the parts of this recorded abuse in my head since it began i don't know if you guys caught the line about be glad i'm pro-life that's the real like money shot for her yeah i mean that's why i started with her march for life or whatever bullshit because She essentially is saying to her child who is still developing in her care, I wish you were never born. I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. The classics. classics. That's a Bill Cosby Um, joke, by the way. Full circle. Ooh, full circle. But look into it, you guys. And Pierre, don't let her down. Matt? Matt, who isn't your dad this week? (laughs) Tell us. Before I begin this, I just, Aaron, I just need you to give me your zip code. Oh, right, because I've recently moved right. out of state. Four, four, one, one, eight. Okay, great. So I just signed you up <gasps> for the chance no! to be one of a thousand lucky winners <gasps> to receive a candy craft macaroni and cheese kit <laughs> to make 
as uh, <laughs> to no. make the sweetest day of the year even sweeter. The sweetest day of the year, of course, being Valentine's Day, um, which leads me to <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Wait, you're saying craft with yeah, a K? Yeah. Craft with a craft. K. Used to sign Aaron up to get craft with a K. What? I'll tell you. Okay. Firstly, Aaron, you have been signed up to win something. Secondly, this is what it is. I really could have done better. <laughs> Craft, Craft the Corporation is not my dad this week because they announced that they would be releasing a hot pink coloured candy flavoured mac and cheese variety for Valentine's Day. You cannot buy this. There is only a thousand boxes and you can enter to win one of them by going on their website, candycraftmacandcheese.com. Not an ad, sadly. Aaron, that's what I just signed you up for. Before we recorded Busy, I also signed you up. Oh, good. I was going to say, how come Aaron only got one? I'm the Valentine. Equally in line. So, what it is. I'm so upset. No, you're equally. (laughs) You have equal chances. I wonder how many people have entered. I don't really care. Anyway, it's just regular mac and cheese, but this version includes an extra sachet that includes lurid pink (gasps) color. And it and Lurid. it gives the mac and cheese a dusting of candy flavor. That's in their language, a dusting of candy flavor. By the way, the Today Show That's... ran a subhead about this that was this. I thought it was genius. This magenta mac does not get us in the mood for canoodling. And Ugh. I was just like, whoa. My question is, I have a number of them. Is this culinary terrorism <laughs> what America needs right now? Yes. Does America need a low-rent Willy Wonka moment? To be fair, I think this kind of thing is America, mm-hmm. because the yes. essence of America yes. is a marketing stunt that is actually a passive assault on the human body. <laughs> so, I just love that Kraft has a capsule collection. I, know. It's, I was like, ooh, did they do some you work know? with like Hasbro Kanye. or something? I can see Kanye for Kraft, Kanye for Kraft does makes pink sense. macaroni. Before he really went off the deep end. I- you just pay $1,500 for this box and it has nothing in it. By the way, I don't know what kind of candy. There's plenty of different kind of candies. I bet it's like Smarties dust that they're using. Yeah. Or is that Smarties like, dust on pasta? Or just like, like a sweet fake with milk? Or... That generic berry grape flavor. Like the color. Yeah. What flavor is blue? It's whatever flavor blue is. It's, it's blue about. raspberry. But why is a raspberry blue? Because you have no to differentiate knows. from strawberry and pink sometimes isn't enough. It has to be probably edible and even good if they would even bother. Well, it's probably technically like legally safe, but then the FDA, you know, it probably tastes good. It's you know, it's been engineered to taste good. I get salty. It it probably does. I saw the graphic. Why didn't they make it heart-shaped pasta? Yeah. If there's only a thousand, that's what saddened me. It's just that's what saddened me. It's sad. That's what infuriated and disappointed you. Because that's why they aren't your dad. Well, I think speaking of that element of it, yes. So Mm -hmm. I used to eat. Regular craft mac and cheese a lot as a teenager. And mm. even then with my like ironclad teenage stomach, which I could eat like barbed wire and it would mm. be fine. But this actual <laughs> dish, like craft mac and cheese used to give me literally night sweats, night terrors, tremor. I would tremble, I would lose really? focus. Is it because at that age that's sort of all you can make for yourself? No, I mean, no. at that age, I say this as someone who frequently still makes box macaroni and cheese for herself. I just made it last week. I call it creative pasta <laughs> because I add my own vegetables, but it's still that same sauce. Yeah. In any case, I am interested to know who you guys think is actually serving this. 
Or Ooh. who is the personification of this dude? Because for me, this is the essence of American marketing nonsense. But like, who is serving it and who is it? My mind goes to a single sad dad. A single dad. A dad that's that's now gone through a divorce and living alone, thinking about what to make for dinner. Yeah. For his Valentine, like his young child. or For his Valentine, maybe? or just craft macaroni in general, instant food, just add water kind of stuff is very, you know, person on their own, man and, and woman, but person on their yeah, own. Erin, we both watched our dads go through divorces from our mothers as older teenagers, <laughs> young 20s. So we saw them do the bachelor life transition. Do you remember your dad eating stuff like this? Well, my dad, like right before he died, he was about to throw us the first Thanksgiving at his house as a single dad. Like, my parents had been not together for many years by then, and he had a girlfriend, and they were going to be hosting because there's no way that he could, you know, cook. He wasn't a good cook. In fact, when my mom, like, for Christmas, the first year after they separated, she gave him, like, a kit of spaghetti sauce that she had made herself (laughs) Um, here's the perfect portion oh, of the noodles oh that you need. Yeah. Here's garlic powder. And it was so thoughtful and sweet, and it was all gussied up. So I don't know. I think it was prophetic that he never got to cook that Thanksgiving meal. Mm-hmm. Um, his last meal was scrambled eggs and half a joint. <laughs> Like, I know that because I went to his house, yes, and saw the eggshells and the joint in the ashtray. Because if you die of a heart attack, it's something to ponder. Who's going to find your last meal? Mm, Or your last joint, your last breakfast joint. Your last joint. Wow. So, Busy, on to you and your dad's foods. Oh, my dad's foods. Well, I've talked about this in prior seasons, but my dad, towards the end of his life, was really just eating red vines and um, oh. croissants. He would buy huge things of croissants from uh, we've all been Safeway there. and have them Wait, like, like a flat, like a flat. Like, do you know what I mean when I say a flat? Right, like, like a crescent. A, like roll. a no, no, like a flat. Like twenty four croissants and like a flat cardboard panel with plastic. There's wrap so much over promise us. in this. And wash that down with an ensure that. I'm oh. 95% sure he was cutting with Kahlua. 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 That's right. Remember we were going to do for the uh, premiere party, we were going to serve in shore with Kahlua to where all of our guests. I know. That's uh, right. Play teenies. That's Except, right. Um, now there's a global pandemic. Thanks a lot. Well, New York is dead now, so nothing's happening. Dead. You know what died this week? Our faith in capitalism and a free market. I know. What a shock. (laughs) Just kidding. We never had faith in it. Okay. You know what isn't my dad this week? Wall Street. By now, you already have heard the story. You know the story. A bunch of people on Reddit decided to buy up stocks of the struggling uh, video game company GameStop in an effort to drive up the price and hobble the efforts of a hedge fund specifically that was shorting the company. Now, you might be listening and already instantly fallen asleep. (laughs) to explain what shorting is i won't even do it because it's instant death it's instant boredom it's an instant fart noise is it cheating though is it kind of like cheating 
you borrow a bunch of stocks that you're pretty sure is going to decrease in value. You take the borrowed shares that you borrowed and you sell it. So you wait for it to decrease and then you buy it back for the price you bought it at and you pocket the difference, which already I'm annoyed. This is total fuckery. You can't borrow something that's not yours and then sell it but oh no you can on the stock market now i'm just thinking of all the other american things that have that same quality like health insurance exactly religion exactly the purpose of the stock market is that it's a game it is professional gambling to enrich people who decide to take a, a bet or risk or a gamble that they will get rich off a stock at a certain point in time that's it don't get it twisted. I think what it does expose is that shorting is a way to rig the game. It's not surprising to me that a band of Redditors who are probably all gamers and hence GameStop, the game is rigged. The SEC isn't doing its job. The SEC stands for Security Exchange Commission. I think it should stand for Security Exchange Clowns. (laughs) do your job and monitor this stuff. The thing that is interesting about this for me, it's being put forward as a statement from amateurs to the professionals to say, you are not the only people who can do this weird thing to watch hedge funds now clamor for some kind of management of this situation when they're the people who have been doing this for decades anyway. Oh, these people crying, the hedge funds, the CNBC anchors who are crying as if shorting is some noble thing that needs we need to keep the unwashed masses off Reddit from coming in. They're acting like the stock market ever had a moral compass or some propriety where ladies and gentlemen make tough choices by weighing all of the honest facts and their own humility no they're there to make money off of a bet it's what it is it's betting that's all it is elizabeth warren said yesterday she said for years the same hedge funds private equity firms and wealthy investors dismayed by the GameStop trades have treated the stock market like their own personal casino while everyone else pays the price it is long past yeah. time for the security and exchange commission and other regulators to wake up and do their jobs. It's true. It's like when your dad gambles away your college fund at Vegas. Why I'm making Wall Street not my dad is because it is such a patriarchal institution. Before we started recording, I had to take a beta blocker because I got really nervous to host this episode. (laughs) My heart was pounding. And the reason that I have a prescription for beta blockers was from when I worked at said fintech startup funded by the firm that is now bailing out the hedge fund that Reddit has driven into the ground. What I saw there was so disappointing. Duh. It's not like I thought I wasn't going to see things that were disappointing, but I was frequently the only woman in the room. I was frequently talked over. I frequently had my own ideas pitched back to me. Sometimes I was told that people didn't feel like reading things that I had written. It would be like a sentence of copy. Like, I don't want to read that. Next time, write like four words. That's a lot to ask of somebody. (laughs) And it is, the stock market is a patriarchal institution. It is not for everyone. It's only for people who have money. It's too confusing. It's intentionally confusing. It's meant to shut people out from being able to invest. That's it. Yeah, it's a cliche at this point. People of color 
of all genders, women in general, shut out. When I first moved to New York, I was doing a lot of like odd jobs. And one woman that I worked for for a couple weeks, just taking blouses back to Ann Taylor, (laughs) returned so she didn't have to do it in person. She didn't have a job anymore because she had retired at the age of 34 because she'd worked on Wall Street. And of course, when you're 26, like 34 seems impossibly, you know, old and mature. But I would ask her, like, how much do I need to retire? And she's like, oh, honey, I made like $3 million and that's all I need. I certainly know how to invest it, but I'm not going to take any of that abuse anymore. It was so awful. You hate yourself. Yeah. Plus, I want to have a baby, (laughs) you know? So she did like the smart thing, which is get in and get out. Get in and get out from a world that, you know, there's so few women in executive positions and finance. Yeah. Well, that's every everybody and everything that wasn't our dads this week. It was Kellyanne Conway. What does she sound like, Matt? Fucking COVID. Kraft Macaroni and Cheese Valentine's Day special. And Wall Street. You are all on notice. You are not our dads at all. They're now scrambling to make amends. But which brings us to who our dads were this week. Eddie. Daddy, watch me twirl. Warm-hearted. That music means that we're now talking about who or what has recently shown big boss energy tempered by compassion, intelligence, and or vulnerability. Aaron, kick us off. This week, my dad is the poet Amanda Gorman, who just really ruled the inauguration She was absolutely radiant, uh, balletic in her movements and in her performance. And at 22 years old, it was like the most patriotic feeling I think I've ever had. Mm. I'll play um, a very small part of the Mm. poem. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with every breath from my bronze-pounded chest. We will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the wind-swept Northeast where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked South. We will rebuild reconcile and recover in every known nook of our nation in every corner called our country our people diverse and beautiful will emerge battered and beautiful when day comes we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid the new dawn blooms as we free it for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it nice job mm. She knocked it I know. Out of the good job, kid. That was a good job. The whole keep. poem. Yeah. <laughs> that was astonishingly beautiful. It was and astonishing. What we to hear. Yeah, the poem was, I think, just under six minutes in full, and she conjures so much in that time. But I had read an interview with her that she hadn't finished the poem by the time the insurrection happened. She thought that she'd written her way to a a good ending. And then there was the riots at the Capitol. And then she was able to finish at least a minute and a half or two more minutes worth of Mm. 
the piece, the end of which we played. Just extraordinary that somebody who wasn't alive 22 years ago can instill so much hope. I just don't think it's an accident that it's a a very, very young black woman. No. Right. Once again. And it's just, it's really great to have a poet back on, on the stage at the inauguration. We haven't had one, I don't think, at the service itself since Maya Angelou for Clinton. And of course, Trump had no poet. I, it's funny to think about who his poet laureate would be. It would be like a raccoon. <laughs> it, would be like... it would be a raccoon reciting the fountainhead. <laughs> <laughs> or some like like hick right wing stand up comedian doing something that rhymed. <laughs> Larry the cable guy. Yeah, it'd be Larry the cable guy. <laughs> like Kid Rock would come do yeah, a, a yeah. spoken word performance. <laughs> um, anyway, I hope she's not corrupted. I'm very happy to hear as a publishing person that Penguin Children's is releasing a hardcover of the entire poem Mm. due to popular demand in just over a month, really. Wow. And that's really exciting. And but she was also just signed to IMG Models. Yep. Mm. Of course, branding comes into this. Good old American branding consultants are on top of this. Yeah. She's opening the Super Bowl reportedly this year. So We'll just remember this moment and and hope for the best for Ms. Gorman. Just incredible. I love also the fact that, you know how like when Hamilton became huge and then all these kids were interested in American history and then they were showing Wednesdays was like a, a cheap or free showing to school kids. I really think it'll be cool to see the effect that she has on young girls or, or, or really just any mm-hmm. young kids writing poetry too. Like... That's cool. Yeah, they just saw it demonstrated in front of them that it was possible, and then they maybe that will be what they do too. Speaking of Hamilton, because this is really interesting, she apparently had a speech impediment where wow. she couldn't say R's up until very recently. She couldn't enunciate, but she credits like Hamilton, that song about Aaron Burr, I guess, for helping to overcome the speech impediment anyway she was incredible so like at the inauguration you're sending out the president who is fundamentally america's father figure you take the actual titular father of the country who doesn't really nail it on the level that it needs to be nailed emotionally but the young girl of color is the one who brings the gravitas so like it's the right. same dynamic as Wall Street. Like, it's the same dynamic as everything else. Right. There's a woman of color bringing up the rear, doing the work, while this, like, archaic patriarchy takes totally. the trophy and walks off with it. But anyway. I felt like Biden's inauguration speech was was weak. Was weak sauce. Yeah, like, where's his speech writer? That's right. Like, get better at your job. She was incredible. She was exactly what we needed to hear. Who performed before her was like... Lady Gaga and J-Lo, who who threw a little let's get loud plug in for her own music, which is very American. Mm -hmm. Right, so American. Did you get chills? Did no. you get chills from from Gaga anybody? No, I thought no. she looked like she was about to collapse, and it was like, oh, she got all the notes. Good, we got through. Everything's fine. She was dressed like the bird of peace. 
in I, what I hear was Chaparelli. It's Chaparelli, yeah. or at least that was the ball gown, the red carpet she was wearing. I know it's supposed to be fabulous, but I, I just roll my eyes just a bit. It's a very unarousing song to begin with. Mm. Only Whitney Houston did it right. Yeah, once. that's right. You know, like that line from Angels in America where Belize says the person who wrote the Star Spangled Banner knew what they were doing. They put the word free in a note so high no one could reach it. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. That's... I really like that. Thank you, Matt. Matt, you pointed out during the inauguration when we were in the group text that when <laughs> they ended with Stars. Stars and Stripes Forever. Stars and Stripes Forever is the perpetual soundtrack to waking up 45 minutes late. Yeah. It's like that shit I've got to be in Midtown in 15 minutes for a meeting music. Well, we'll have to play it. Play it? Yeah. There's a certain drama to it. It's like stupid circus music let's be fair (laughs) it's so amazing the line between what is just like kind of weird circus music and what is like highbrow american patriotic music exactly garen amanda was exactly what we needed to hear and we thank her for her brain yes great pick so matt who is your dad right now um, I'm excited to tell you that my dad right now is Russian political opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Whoa. Allow me to tell you why. On January 19, Navalny, who is the actual father of Daria and Zakhar, his two children, returned to Russia from Germany where he was recovering from being poisoned at the order of Vladimir Putin. He knew that he would be arrested, so he and his people planned ahead, and the minute that he was taken into custody, his supporters dropped a documentary on YouTube that is a direct and fearless and relentless attack on Vladimir Putin called Putin's Palace, a history of the world's largest bribe. The titles of the beginning are a call to action for Russians who are fed up with Putin's violent corruption and the way that his party, Russia United, has pillaged the country to take to the streets on January 23, which they did in cities all over Russia. Tens of thousands of people went out in sub-zero temperatures to protest at 2.30 p.m. And because Russia has 11 time zones, there were fresh bursts of anti-Putin protests all day. 11 time zones? Yeah. yeah, yeah really? Yeah. Wow. Right. I know. I totally didn't know that either. Since being put online, the documentary has garnered almost 100 million views. Whoa. And that is without the help of Russian state TV, of course, because they won't air it. I want to put a link to the documentary on our Instagram. It's being shared all over the world by most major news organizations. The whole move by Navalny is dad energy to mm. the nth power. If for no other reason than his opponent, Vladimir Putin, is a brutal mafia don. That is what he is. But he's international. One of the ballsiest moves for me is in the introduction when Alexei Navalny himself, at this point being he was put in jail, he would, by the time you saw this for the first time, he was in jail, looks directly into the camera and he says the following. It's Navalny. We came up with this investigation when I was in intensive care, but we immediately agreed that we would release it when I returned to Russia, to Moscow, because we do not want the main character of this film to think that we are afraid of him and that I will tell his worst secret while abroad. One of the viewers is the most devoted admirer of our work, on whose orders I was poisoned, is Vladimir Putin. He is definitely watching now. 
dot 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 he goes on and on and on from russian to english it's slightly weird wording but in any case it's a really fearless taunt and it doesn't stop for an hour and a half and it goes on to explain putin's corrupt rise to power the real money shot comes when he introduces and exposes putin's palace which is a massive construction on a block of land the size of 39 central parks wow. what in the resort town of galenzik that Putin has built for himself using an unfathomable amount of public funds. Like all hideous mansions built by tasteless thugs, it's a ripoff of Versailles. Um, (laughs) Chillingly, (laughs) the emblem on the front gate is an eagle, which is an imperial Russian emblem. So it's very clear through that decision that Putin wants to be a monarch in the style of the Tsars because he's just using their, their imagery. And the Tsars were, you know, feudal psychopaths. Also, if you're sailing down the coast of the Black Sea, you are required by law to sail a mile out of your way away from the coast closest to the building so you can't get anywhere near it. But these filmmakers, ballsy dad energy personified that they are, used drones. They did four attempts using drones and finally got a ton of aerial shots of the place, which you can imagine is like protected by military-grade security. And they also have a bunch of photographs that are painstakingly verified, taken by people who have worked inside the palace. It has its own port, its own security, its own church, its own permit system, it's a no-fly zone, and it even has border checkpoint. It's basically a separate state within Russia, Navalny says, and in this state there is a single irreplaceable czar, Putin. It also makes it really clear why Trump idolizes Putin because they have the same yeah. gaudy taste and they both have spent years fostering a culture of mafia-like fear around themselves mm-hmm. right. that leads to generating endless profit. Navalny puts forward this incredible case accusing Putin of harnessing the entire of Russia to be a wealth generator for himself and his cronies, which is what Trump was desperately trying to do. Totally. So the day that this episode of Daddy Issues goes to air, a Russian court will consider whether a suspended sentence of three and a half years that Navalny received in 2014 on fraud charges should be converted to a jail term, and then three days later he'll face a charge of libeling a World War II veteran. Who's the World War II veteran? Don't know, but apparently if you libel one, you will face a charge that is in heard in court. He's being held at the Matrosaka Tashina prison in Moscow after a judge ordered his detention until February 15 for violating terms of a suspended fraud sentence, a charge that is based on the fact that he didn't report to the prison service as required, which he did not do because he was in Germany recovering from being poisoned by the people who were putting him on trial in the first place. Navalny is my dad this week. He is <laughs> a bad ass. Yeah. Considering who he is up against, it's the the kind of base level vehemence that you would expect to see in a father protecting his kids, but in this case, he's protecting the people of Russia. I kind of want to imagine what it's like being his kids. His daughter is at Stanford right now. Like, on one Mm. hand, you'd be really proud of him, but you'd also be petrified. And I wonder if they resent him. I don't know. Anyway. Is there anything the the U.S. can do to save him? Well, the thing is, he's relying on visibility right now because the minute people aren't watching him, you know Putin would have him imprisoned. He tried to execute him, so, like, what chance does he have? He's going down fighting like Jesus Christ? He took a a calculated risk and said, if I do this, uh, there'll be enough attention in the nation and around the world. But wow. but the thing Good is, like, what, like, how many people in America are really talking about this? Because America's embroiled in its own bullshit. Newt Gingrich, thank God he's back, 
was quoted on Twitter this week. It was kind of fascinating what he said. He said, establishment politicians should think long and hard before turning President Trump into the American equivalent of Alexei Navalny. Navalny is Putin's major opponent, jailed, harassed, imprisoned, poisoned. Turning President Trump into a martyr will deepen political conflict. The very idea that Navalny has anything in common with Trump is astonishing. It's also kind of amazing that Gingrich is even talking like, go fuck yourself. It's insane just also because Navalny's absolute nemesis is what Trump wants to be. So that's where I'm at this week. I watched this and I'm like, my jaw was on the floor. It's astonishing what Putin got away with and it's astonishing what Navalny is doing, the guts that he has to do this. Martyr dad. Yeah. Martyr dad. And Masha Gessen needs to come on Daddy Issues. That's <laughs> our special guest. They need to come on and weigh in. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, my dad. That was completely thoughtful, Matt. So on that note, I'm going to take us just to the depths of stupidity. Ooh. My dad this week is Senator John Ossoff, ladies and gentlemen. So the reason why John Ossoff is my dad this week is because of a certain clip that's gone viral of him winking as he walks to be sworn in as a senator alongside fellow new Georgia senator who helped flip the Senate, Raphael Warnock. So he's walking to be sworn in. He's walking across the floor of the Senate and he looks up into the gallery and he Mm. winks at someone and one can assume he was winking at his wife who's a OBGYN and beautiful and they've been together since they were teenagers but there's nothing more you know the parameters of picking our dads is who had big boss energy tempered by vulnerability compassion and Mm. intelligence nothing more big boss energy than winking and i know it's annoying to describe something that listeners at home can't see so please go to our instagram to watch this clip winking is big boss energy writ large it is like (laughs) written the stars it is the cassiopeia of big boss energy to wink especially in the way that he winked which was with confidence and a little bit of fuck you to every republican in there and The internet had fun deciding who he was winking at. Obviously, it was probably his wife or a family member. But I also like the idea that it was Mitch McConnell he was winking at um, because he does it with such confidence and sort of... Maybe Lindsey Graham just Swagger. A little bit of Lindsey in there. Ding! A little bit of... But wait, Biz, do you think that maybe... Do you sometimes sit there and watch that and think that maybe he's winking at you? Of course. Do you ever try and do the mental... Gymnastics to make that. I'm like, real. well, you know, I'm gonna play it. This clip has gone viral. It's everywhere. It's really funny, but it's somebody who's reacting to watching Ossoff wink, and I'll play it for you guys, if only because the reaction is so good. I love screaming. My thing right now is screaming for comedic effect and not screaming, screaming, like not Mel Gibson screaming, but just sort of like a, like an ah kind of thing. I yeah. really yeah, like, like you're at the Rihanna concert. Totally. Ah! I love that. Um, I, uh, there's another TikTok right now where someone screams because Marty, the, the grocery store robot's following her around. She screams kind of like that. Anyways, I digress. 
Um, John is big, big boss energy for the wink. Also, the compassion, the vulnerability comes in with the fact that he, in campaigning, talked a lot about his Judaism. He is the grandson of two Jewish immigrants who came over from Poland, and he had their Ellis Island records in his pocket as he got sworn in. Mm -hmm. Um, He's spoken a lot about the alliance of the Jewish community and the black community during the civil rights movement that is still strong in the South and in Georgia. Raphael Warnock, his fellow Georgia senator, as we all know, is a reverend who preaches at the very church that Martin Luther King did. He uses his pulpit. So I just felt like it was a really special moment and that that wink was... Um, was it your dad at the dance recital oh when you God. were feeling nervous? <laughs> That's a good question, It is. Aaron. Such a specific yeah. question. Winking has a certain effect, you know? Like, winking yep. is reassuring. It's it's playful. It's It can be don't worry. It can be a hello it can be an I'm just kidding. It can be. It's a don't, it's a don't stress. Yeah, it's a got no, you. I got you. Joke. Yeah. It's like you got I'm this. I'm here it's okay. for you. I'm here for you. And I, and I also don't ca- like, I also like the idea that you do it knowing that other people are possibly yes. watching you yeah. do it. Like mm. that it's like a public sort of little thing to somebody else. I like that. The only other thing that I could really compare Tell this us. to is Princess Diana when she got a new haircut Mm. and she was walking into some royal event and she's in a you know like her gown and her jewels and everything and the paparazzi are all there lined up and they go so one of them calls out to her you know diana you got a new haircut and she turns around and she puts her hand up beneath her hair and just primps and does this like kind of silly face like oop totally i know look how crazy i look and then she quickly goes back into the poised princess role <laughs> and just continues along and that's kind of why she was really yes i think that's why she has celebrity staying power because she could do that human she's the people's princess yeah she but it's the same with john also you see he's in this moment of like public political theater then there's that quick moment of like self-assured humanity but then he can go back to doing his job I think his job is more important than Diana's, but it's the same kind of thing. I think. Indeed. And potentially winking to a partner in a, like, we did yeah. like, isn't this exciting kind of way. I will say that I'm not big on sexualizing who my dad is this week. Not you know, this being week. like, he's so hot, he's my dad. He has a punchably handsome face. He he serves AP English energy. <laughs> He is the kid who's who got asked to read his stupid paper on All Quiet on the Western Front because it was so good, and the teacher sure. has tears in his eyes while he's reading it, and you're thinking, my paper was just as good as his, even though it probably wasn't. He never registered to me until that goddamn wink, and now and it was over. And plus the screaming. Whoever made that TikTok is a genius. The screaming adds a whole other level of amazingness. So anyways, John Ossoff and Senator Warnock, Congratulations, because you're obviously both listening to this. Congratulations on being proud of your Jewish heritage at a time when there are literal neo-Nazis in the Congress and Senate. And that's it. Yeah. That's all I have to He's say. Also, he was also born in Sydney, I think. I think he may be the first senator to have been born in... He's Princess Diana from Sydney. Yeah, he's Princess Diana from Sydney. There you go. It's time to say bye-bye, right, guys? We're going to wrap it up. Yeah. This has yes. just gone on. I'm getting a message that my internet connection is unstable. So bye. we're going to wrap it up. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I want to say a special thanks 
to this week's Patreon patron, Kate Montini Gresham, for her support. Thank you, Kate. We love you as much as our dads. Thank you, Kate. Tell me about your father and daddy issues are produced by Aaron Hosier, Elizabeth Thompson, and Matthew Philp. Mm-hmm. Follow us on, that's you, Matt. Follow us at Tell Me About Your Father on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you next Thank time. You. Thanks, everybody. We did it.